Hello, everybody, and welcome to EPMI Cast. I'm Alex Cadet, Marketing Manager at EPMI. Today, we'll be discussing EPM and ERP systems. Across all industries, EPM and ERP systems offer organizations efficient and accurate business processes. Additionally, EPM and ERP systems can work together to offer organizations advanced budgeting, forecasting, and reporting. During this episode, the cast will discuss the differences between EPM and ERP, how they work together, and the best practices. So let's get started. And don't forget to follow EPMICast on your favorite streaming platforms. Welcome to another exciting episode of EPMICast. Uh, Today we'll be discussing the nuances and differences between ERP and EPM software systems. Uh, Today we're joined with Alex, Brian, and Tulsi. You guys want to say hey? Hey, this is Tulsi. I am a solution consultant here at EPMI. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm a senior consultant here at EPMI. All right, thanks everybody. And just to recap, uh, this is Fletcher speaking. I'm part of the sales team over here at EPMI. Uh, But we get a lot of questions coming from our customers about the difference between different types of software systems. Primarily, we focus, uh, given that we're aligned to the office of the CFO or within ERP and EPM systems. Our firm specifically focuses on EPM or enterprise performance management software solutions. And we also do a fair bit of work within the ERP space. Um, I want to turn the first question over to Brian. Uh, Brian, you've been working on software systems for a little while now. Uh, Could you share, at least from your perspective, where you see ERPs fitting into an overall business model versus an EPM solution? Well, an overall business model should have both an ERP and an EPM solution. I mean, ERP is their foundational financial system. It houses your actual records for your accounting and finance, whereas your EPM deals with the budget, you know, a lot of the budgetary and reporting aspects of that. So it can deal in actuals and forecasts and planning and analysis. It also has within EPM, your tax reporting and account reconciliations and closing consolidation. So what would you say is more valuable to an organization? Where do you see kind of the biggest opportunities for process improvement? Mm, that's a tough one for process improvement because I mean, either ERP or EPM could provide huge benefits. I mean, if you have a robust financial and accounting group, then you probably would could see more benefit in the EPM world, you know, planning and forecasting. A lot of, a lot of groups are immature in their planning, um, planning area, and they need help with the ability to easily create and, what was it scenario modeling for different outcomes and budgets as they go through the year. You know, most people create a budget for the next fiscal year in the fourth quarter. And then as they move from first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, you know, rolling those forward and making changes fluidly as they go. And a lot of times that's real time consuming. Well, I hear a lot of our, you know, organizations or customers are talking to, they're currently doing their planning within their ERP system. I mean, do you see that as being like a normal piece of functionality or, you know, what would you recommend to an organization who's currently maybe doing their you know, financials within an ERP? Doing their planning within an ERP? I mean, I wouldn't do that because, you know, planning, planning um, ERP software solutions, and I've dealt with, you know, I've only dealt with like two or three. They don't have great planning functionality. They allow you to put in like a budget and not really create any forecasts or rolling forecasts. And that's really what's needed. I mean, it's great to have an annual budget, but let's face it, how many times does your annual budget that you created 14 months ago look exactly, you know, correct 14 months later at the end of the next year? So 
you know, a lot of people that, you know, you have a lot of moving parts, you have different divisions that do different things. And, and I mean, it's not just widget planning, it's all kinds of things. So having, having the ability to, you know, move and, and, and change with your customers and your sales needs compared to the cost of goods sold. I mean, look at COVID this last year. I mean, inflation has just changed everything and there's no way anyone met their budget from, you know, that they created in October of 2020 for the end of, you know, um, for the end of this year. Right. And is it true that, you know, if you are doing kind of the supplementary functionality and reporting, playing with any ERP, you ever see like performance delays or any of your customers shared anything like that? Not from ERP. No, not from anyone. I've never seen any kind of performance delays that, that I think are attributable to data size or anything like that. Right. So then what's like the core difference between ERP and EPM solution set? Um, I've got an answer in the back of my head. Well, so ERP is like I said, that's your actuals. EPM is, is not, is, is a function of actuals plus plan plus forecast plus that. I mean, your ERP system is your system of record. I mean, it's the one that the auditors come to and they're going to want to look at. It's the one that you're reporting and all of your financial statements are, that's the data that you're creating it with no matter how you report out, you know, if you use narrative reporting, which is in the EPM side in Oracle, you're going to get those numbers from an, from an ERP system somewhere. Right. So the way I always look at it is like, you know, consider the ERP, the foundation of the house, whereas the EPM set is maybe that fancy new living room or I don't know, new sunroom, uh, just to spruce yeah. up the place. Like the ERP system is the transactional system of record in terms of functionality. You know, it's more focused on organizing the transactions within a specific data hierarchy within the chart of accounts really good at recording transactions, processing invoices, things like that. But when, it, but when it comes to applying, you know, machine learning, predictive planning to those numbers to get an idea of how we'll be doing in the future, that's typically where an EPM solution can come into play. I would agree with that. I also think of EPM as just an extension, right, of ERP, especially if you have multiple ERPs, that's where we start to get, start to get into the use case of EPM being the book of record on the consolidated side, because you do need to combine that data from multiple ledgers. That's another good use case where EPM is going to wrap around the existing ERPs. So why would a company choose to have multiple ERP systems? Often it just results from, you know, M&A activity, uh, growing into different markets, different business models. Certain ERPs are more suited to certain industries and businesses. So sometimes you need more special, specialized functionality across different ledgers. Brian, I saw you uh, laughing. What were you laughing at? I don't think a company would ever choose to have multiple ERPs. I mean, I think that does specifically come, like Tulsi said, from mergers and acquisitions. Right. I mean, because chart of accounts may not always work the same and having different ones and different ERPs for, you know, different divisions is, can become a, a real nightmare. So like, what are some of those nightmares? And we, we hear a lot about like data preparation, you know, manual exports and data manipulation to get to like a standardized format. Is that like an opportunity for EPM to drive process improvement? Yes. But once again, you know, you're, you're, if you don't change your base data, you can, when you put it in, you know, FCCS or something like that, you can map it differently, but it's still your base data. Right. I mean, that's right. still, you know, a, a trial balance out of your ERP system is still going to be the old chart of accounts. I mean, you know, if I was, if I was going, you know, if I had a big company that had a whole lot of disparate systems and stuff like that, the first thing I would suggest is a chart of accounts redesign. If we're doing like an ERP implementation, first thing we're going to do is a chart of accounts redesign across the board. 
you know, and you have a great chance of standardization, you know, you can shrink your, um, I've had two clients at least that have shrunk their chart of accounts by a third. And, and, and that, and that's a, that's a big difference because, you know, chances are over the years you've, you've, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, you had an account for telephone, which meant landlines. You had an account for fax lines, you know, what's the point in having six different accounts to say, to, to charge the same thing for telephone too. You know, now you can just call it data and you're covered. You know, there's all kinds of opportunity for that. And then you, and then you move forward through your ERP and then go into your EPM uh, implementation. So, so let's talk a little bit more about that because, you know, prior to any project start, we always recommend that the client does a, a series of data validation. So basically validating their, your current chart of account structures. Uh, from your experience, Brian, you know, what have been some kind of drivers for organizations to revisit how they're organizing their GL? I mean, I guess something like line of business, if you will, that's a, that's a good, I guess, a good word to use for people that's pretty synonymous, um, you know, being able to organize, you know, into certain business units, you know, or line of business or product, it, it does depend. I mean, that's not going to be one answer fits all in, anywhere, but, you know, being able to organize your company, you know, go through and make sure that your natural accounts can fits the scenario. Um, you know, and try and limit the size of your account segments to make everyone's lives easier. Right. Because that's the goal, right? To save time. Uh, right. Tulsi, this is your first time on the EPMiCast. So I think it might make sense if you could give us a little bit of background about kind of where you came from, what your experience is. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I joined EPMI from Oracle recently, where I was a solution engineer on the performance management side. Before that, my background is actually in accounting. I went to the University of Texas in the accounting program there and spent about a decade doing finance transformation consulting work. So working across ERP and performance management solutions, some of that chart of accounts fund that Brian was talking about as well. As a little tidbit on that topic is just, I also think it's important to always start with the end in mind when it comes to the chart of accounts, because a lot of the issues we see with chart of accounts come out of, you know, we don't realize them until we start to do our reporting and realize we aren't capturing data at the right level. We don't have the right segmentation or dimensionality to meet our needs. So could you share a little bit more about like some of the benefits of, you know, connecting an EPM tool to an ERP system, at least like in some of the projects you've worked on? Yeah, absolutely. So I think of EPM as kind of an extension of capability in the ERP. So like Brian was mentioning earlier, ERP is going to be really good at certain things, you know, processing transactions, giving you a view into maybe where a particular ledger is at a point in time. What it's going to lack is where EPM starts to come in. So really supporting end-to-end process management on things like the overall close process and account reconciliation, workflow approvals and governance around that. Um, Also extending the reporting capability. So moving out of kind of a transactional engine into more of a dimensional model where we can slice and dice and produce our financial statements in different ways, you know, meet the needs of not only GAP and IFRS reporting, but also extend into management reporting, other regulatory reporting requirements. You're going to get a lot more flexibility on the reporting side, as well as that broader process coverage when it comes to things like supporting the entire planning process, account recs and close. Right, because a lot of ERP systems don't necessarily have the capability to have like alternate reporting hierarchies for you know stat reporting versus internal reporting. Exactly, multi-app's a great example as well. Well, there definitely are you know capabilities within ERP like stat ledgers and that type of thing. If you are finding yourself limited, definitely EPM is a good place to look if you are hitting any reporting gaps. Let's talk a little bit about account recs because I know a lot of the ERPs you work with, Oracle, NetSuite, Microsoft, they all have some rec functionality. Um, Ryan Tulsi, this is like, you know, right up y'all's alley, but 
Um, you know, what are some of the limitations of reconciling an ERP? Is it based on, you know, functionality that's been built out or are they just not designed for, let's say, transaction matching? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it kind of depends. I'm more familiar with the Oracle ERP from having just come over there. But I think of things as like uh, bank recs are usually pretty well supported in the ERP if there's a cash management module, right? To be built in controls on things like maybe clearing accounts, ensuring the subledger ties to GL for the more current modern ERPs, right? Those are things that are going to be built in. But what it's not going to include is support for actually documenting the entire process for audit purposes, having those workflow approvals, um, having automation, right, around accounts that might be lower risk that you don't need to look at each period. Um, so you get into that more robust functionality and then transaction matching use cases, like you mentioned. So beyond just the bank recs, which might be included in the ERP, you might have transaction matching use cases for things like uh, point of sale and credit card processes or um, more robust clearing accounts, even intercompany if you have multiple ledgers. And Brian, feel free to add on to that. That was exactly the answer. Gonna set it better than uh, Tulsi right there. Um, Brian, this one goes to you. You've implemented both EPM systems and ERP systems. Could you share a little bit about the complexity of each, challenges associated with each implementation? Well, with an ERP system, if we want to just keep it simple and talk like financials versus, um, you know, anything in EPM, implementing your financials in ERP, there's a million business rules you may need to set up. There's a million processes you have to set up and you have to get it all right so it all works with each other. So, like we were talking earlier with the chart of accounts, you know, you have a segment maybe for legal entity, you have a segment maybe for division, you have a segment maybe for cost center, you have natural account, you have sub account, you have intercompany. Well, you know, you have to write certain business rules that says each one of those segments in certain situations are valid with each other, you know, because everything operates individually. So you have to make sure that there's rules in place that says, yes, this division can use this natural account, can use this entity, can use this intercompany. You know, whereas in like your EPM, you kind of can just load it all in and, and, and you know, <laughs> make it sound simple, do with it as you will. So, I mean, I know I made it sound really simple, but to me, it is definitely much more complex to set up an ERP system. I mean, the time, the time spent there is going to be, I mean, like eight or nine to one ratio on hours spent, maybe more. Um, you know, of course, that depends on what all of you're doing. But, you know, if you just did a standard ERP financials implementation and, you know, including all your standard subledgers of APAR fixed assets and maybe treasury and just did your GL with your chart of accounts and financials just to do your standard accounting and compare it to, say, planning. Yeah, I think you're looking at, at, a, at, a, at a big difference in time spent just because of those complexities. Yeah, I mean, we hear at least you know, speaking with some of our customers that an SAP upgrade or an SAP ERP implementation shoot might take two years. Yeah. I mean, I, we, you know, when I was a customer, we did ours in, in 16 weeks and that, that wasn't just, it, we didn't do just financials. We had some other things in there too, um, partial supply chain, et cetera. But that was, we, you know, we didn't have to go to committee for, for, uh, um, answers to questions. Like when you have right. to answer the question, like, do we want to go left here or right here? We were able to answer that, which is a lot of, I think the holdup is when you have to do solution by committee, you know, you take a lot of time there. Right. So, and it's much more important <laughs> to get your ERP correct. There's a lot less ease of going back and changing it. Right. And I guess, you know, taking a step back, ERP really encompasses more than just the general ledger. 
at least how a lot of products are put together today. You know, sometimes a supply chain management, maybe a procurement tool, maybe a manufacturing management tool, all of that fits within the umbrella of ERP. Whereas EPM is a little bit more specific, aimed primarily at finance and accounting lines of business. Right. And supply chain is very complex. Right. Yes, especially now more than ever, you know, organizations are looking to find whatever efficiencies they can, right? Try to get oh, yeah. that uh, shiny new car delivered before 2025. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Brian, do you, I guess, uh, just personally, what kind of tool do you prefer to work with? Like, am I choosing between ERP and EPM or specific modules? Uh, specifically, would you rather implement an ERP tool or an EPM tool? Oh gosh. Um, it depends who you're working with, right? It does depend who you're working with. And I mean, ERP across the board is going to be more frustrating period. The end, I think, I don't think it would matter with the client, you know, that, or the people you're working with ERP is going to be more frustrating. I mean, there's going to be a lot more complexity, a lot more questions you have to get answered and it's going to be very time consuming. Whereas with EPM, a lot of times there's, you know, depending on what you're working with, there's kind of only one path you're steering down. You're just, you know, bumping the curbs as you go down the street. Right. And I guess with us, you know, most of our projects have pretty measurable end goals, but with ERP, there's a lot of decisions you have to make, as you're mentioning, you know, the interdependencies of who can use what account, what the you know, design is going to look like. Kelsey, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I've definitely worked across both. Uh, I think I have a preference for EPM why I ended up here, uh, but I think it's just got more fun stuff sometimes too, as far as being able to look at the data visualizations or reporting, right? Really seeing that impact in a short amount of time, whereas ERP is obviously foundational and important to operating a business can take longer to see that time to value. So I think EPM can be really exciting when you can get something stood up in, you know, 12 to 16 weeks that can actually transform your business process and you can really get value from that. Right. And similar, like on a customer adoption approach, uh, we work with a lot of organizations who are maybe on eBusiness Suite, PeopleSoft, JD Edwards, these legacy great on-premise ERP tools, a little bit hesitant to, you know, go through that whole project of revisiting their design and upgrading that to cloud financial. So, you know, EPMI, we have the, the saying that you get your feet wet with cloud. So going with the cloud EPM as a first approach to any cloud software for the uh, finance department, it's typically a quick win gets folks used to the way that cloud technology is delivered, which can then lend to future success if you uh, end up implementing an ERP tool. You know, I hope this whole uh, session was helpful. Uh, we receive a lot of questions about the differences between ERP tool and EPM, where it fits in. So just to summarize, an ERP tool is going to be your transactional system of record, typically focused around the GL to record, store, and organize transactions in a specific format, specific to how your business operates. Whereas an EPM tool will take that data and conduct predictive planning, uh, analytics, reporting to shape time out of manually uh, processing all that ERP data to get a better idea of how the company will perform in the future. So thanks everybody for joining us uh, for the latest episode of EPMI Cast. Uh, be sure to check out Brian Bogues' Meet the Consultants interview for some more thought leadership.